Hi everybody, Daisy's Dot Live Show. We're back this week with a lot of things to review. Shreya, it was a really busy week, right? We had to watch a lot. Had a busy week, have another busy week coming up, but I still managed to watch a ton. You did. And you know, the is coming up, so everything mm -hmm. big is releasing now. And you and I have so much work. And Scott, I hope he's back from Hawaii. I haven't heard from him. But I hope he's back and there's so much to watch and review for you guys. Really. Right. Guys, if you're in Hawaii and you see Scott, just tell him to come home. He He's done with his vacation. They don't need him anymore. We're, even if he's not, we are done with his vacation. Yeah, <laughs> we're done with his vacation. <laughs> All righty. You want to tell them what we got? Sure. So I'm not sure if all of you are familiar with the Barari deaths, but we are focusing on House of Secrets. Man, it was iconic. What a scary show. Then My God, yes. <laughs> it's a documentary, right? right? It's like it is. Three-part docu-series. And it was exceptional. And then we have a little things. Season four, Rashmi Rocket, which, by the way, shout out to Thopsy for interacting with some of our tweets. We, so we go ahead and, you know, post about all the latest Bollywood media and news. And if you guys want to check out the fact that Thopsy retweets some of our stuff, like some of our stuff. So we always appreciate it when the creators reach out to us. Um, so go be sure to check us out on Twitter. Then we are closing it off with Sonic. And lastly, Correct me if I'm saying this wrong. It's Sardar Udham Singh. You said it perfectly, girl. I'm perfect. What can I say? Oh, what can you say? Yes. <laughs> Let us say it for you. For God's sake, girl. <laughs> That's a lot of self-love right there. I'll let you say it for me next time. <laughs> you are the best. Wow. And I heard, I heard some exciting things happening in your life. What did you do this week? Tell, 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 tell our listeners. Okay. Yeah. So, sorry about all of that outside noise. Um, I guess it's police time or whatever, Sunday night, you know. But this week was actually the drop of season three of Awesomeness TV's Next Influencer. And I work on the talent team for Viacom CBS Awesomeness TV and Nickelodeon. And so we, I was through like this entire casting process. I was there from start to finish and I was working with this entire cast. It was absolutely amazing watching them go through like their first round interviews all the way to like final offers. And they've been posting nonstop on their in Instagram, like behind the scenes on the production set because we get them this gigantic mansion and they were having so much fun. Like there's like a waterfall pool and a jacuzzi and these people are just spending their bet, like living there, living their best lives. And it's just like 10 days of pure fun and drama. And we wrapped up the production of that very recently, like a few days ago. So I cannot wait for it to premiere. Season two was so drama filled. Season three is going to be even better. So Netflix has a has a equivalent show. It's called Social Currency. And mm. they're, they're shooting it in India right now. And the people like, you know, this model Ruhi Singh and actor model Bart Samatham. I'm actually secretly in love with Bart Samatham. He is so good looking. <laughs> but yeah, check, check him out. You, you know, when I say he's good looking, he's good looking. Correct? It's true. I have doubted her in the past and she's shown me that I'm wrong every single time. Totally. If I say I'm, I'm the gold standard and good, good looking, <laughs> I, I know what they are. All right. That's true. So, 
but Samatan and and there's several other people and so they're all in this home and it's called social currency and they're not supposed to switch on their own phones so they have they're given uh, social currency accounts by Netflix so their mm-hmm. new accounts are like Quartz social currency and Ruhi social currency and Bhavin social currency so these people are inside a home and they're hanging out and they're posting these really funny social currency videos it's uh-huh. a lot like what you must have just worked on, right? Exactly. Yeah, that, right? Exactly. Is this the one where we get the famous, or I should say infamous, Puja, what is this behavior? Is that the one? Puja, what is this behavior? No. No, <laughs> I hope not. Is that I think this is the first season for Netflix, but let's see how it goes uh-huh. for Indian influencers. I'm excited. I'm excited. I didn't no know about this. Am I? And you know, in other news, of course, you know, um, I was I was speaking with uh, Hotish. Oh, Hotish, <laughs> Hot Top. <laughs> no, no, no. I have started. I, I decided that we're not calling him Hitesh anymore. We call him Hotish. Hotish. All so right. So that suits him better, right? Right. All those pictures he was posting. So he started a new show. Show, show. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) He started shooting for a new show. He's got a lead role in the show and he's shooting for it. So that's big news for from Hottish. And I was, I've been talking to Parham, and Parham's been um, busy with a play. He's working at a play that's uh, going to be uh, staged in another month. And he and I have been having these uh, one-on-one sessions with weird questions. So I've asked him like, <laughs> 20 weird questions already. I've got 30 more to go, and we're meeting this week to finish the rest of the 30. But yeah, so Parham and Parham and Hotish, news updates coming your way but let's get started with house of secrets um you want to tell us sure so i don't know if you guys are familiar with the burami deaths but they took place about i would say two years ago i think is the is the correct timeline and i remember i was actually in india when it happened it was Was all over years ago i think it was two years ago was it not two three is it 2018 I have no, I have no idea when that happened. It was, it was recent. I do remember that. It was like within the span of the past four-ish years. And I was actually in India when the case was going viral, I think. Um, they were talking about it like all over the news, all over social media. And it's the story of this family that essentially was a cult. And they didn't really know they were a cult. It was rather like this father's brother, I think, who passed away. And he would constantly communicate with his so-called brother in another hey, way. It was 2018, by the way. I just read. Oh, yeah. See, it was so recent. And whenever he, he would get messages from his brother saying, like, the apocalypse is coming. Like, you guys should join me before, you know, God will grant you into heaven or whatever their terminology was. Um, if you leave now, like, you, we should start planning when you're going to leave. So essentially, they were planning this mass suicide of this family without the family ever really knowing. And then the day of, I guess, like, he somehow convinces the rest of his family members that today is the day to die. And, you know, they they hang or shoot the children first. And then, like, every adult who is aware of the situation that the father is able to convince, they kill themselves. And then the father kills themselves. And then eventually someone's like, 
hmm, I haven't heard from this family for a while, like some friend or a cousin. So, you know, they say cousin, but in India, they don't necessarily have to be related to be called a cousin. So I think it's like a distant friend. It's like, man, I haven't heard from this person in a while. Calls, you know, calls a couple people and they're like, nobody's picking up. Goes over to check the house and just sees like bodies. Bodies everywhere. And none of the 11, neighbors have any clue. 11 people 11 members. the entire family. The lone survivor apparently was a dog who was found tied on the terrace. And the neighbors are all, the crazy thing is they interview the neighbors. They're like, was this family ever weird? And they're like, no, they were perfectly normal. They just like went out to buy their milk and eggs like every other family. They never talked about anything weird. We always had normal conversations. They would come out to hang, you know, their laundry on the uh, on the clothesline and like nothing was off about these people. Not even the day of death. Like nobody really heard anything. Nobody had any clue what was going on. Even days after, nobody suspected anything. I think they said that someone was like, oh, we assumed the family went on vacation. Someone like, we just assumed someone got sick. So like nobody was coming out. Um, and like, there were like all these stories, but nobody ever knew anything was happening until that person went to go check and found all living members dead. But- Scary. Scary. Yeah, and, and, and they were a normal, fully functional family and they hang themselves from an iron grill in their own very home. And this is the subject of a three-part docu-series on Netflix titled right. Cards, The Burari Deaths. It is, in fact, directed by Lena Yadav, who had earlier given us uh, films like Parched and Rajma Chawo. And I loved Rajma Chawo, by the way. It's a small little slice of life comedy. But, um, you know, it does emphasize on the sheer absurdity and the shock value of this entire cult syndrome. Right? Right. So before we actually go into the show, fun fact, I am a psych minor. So for anyone who doesn't know, I, when I came out of CMU, I had a um, psych degree or like a psych minor. And one of my classes was actually about cult behavior. So the crazy thing is like when you observe cult behavior and then the concept of like these extra I don't want to say terrestrial because I don't think that's the right word to use to describe like religion. Mm. Um, but they they basically have this like otherworldly figure in most cult cases that come in and give them guidance and they, they completely believe it. They're like, oh, yeah, having no scientific backing. Right. So the crazy thing was, I think there was a story about this specific family that said they were never like nobody ever believed them to have weird religious views so nor normally in a lot of cases like these people will say like oh i won't go to the mosque i won't go to the temple you know i like i will not go to church where wherever it is that they tend to you know observe religion they never they never showed signs of any of those like they would they never were like oh you know we don't believe in this like i think they were see they were, they were, um, they weren't, were the Sikhs? No, I'm not sure, were, but I think they were Hindus, right? Yeah, okay, okay, yeah, and that's my belief, right? I think there was a, a, an account of someone saying they were like, we never believed they, we never believed that they believed in anything extra because they seemed like a super normal religious family. <laughs> It gave right. me goosebumps. I felt I was there as, you know, as they kind of opened up the archival media footage or mm -hmm. and they recreated sequences and even testimonies of experts and their neighbors. Somehow you felt as if you were there. You were in the violence of this 
place called Burari. And this, the entire build-up through the docuseries is kind of scary. It, it, it really is. got me, it, it had me on the edge. It was chilling. And those people, you know, the youngest son being Lalit, I think that was his name, right? Mm-hmm. He, he He's the one who's like leading his entire family into this thought process where he's telling them that their father is, the father is talking to him. And it's all in diaries. There are 11, there were handwritten notes in diaries and notebooks. And he he was possessed by the spirit of his dead father. And during the said possession, he would, he said, he said that, you know, he told his family what to do and what not to do. And, and, and that was, uh, and what he would it. tell, he would tell his family to do or not to do was like a rule of law for the entire family. And nobody, nobody ever dared to ask him any questions. They were just like, yeah, let's just believe this little kid. It was crazy. But the, sh- the actual story aside in the show, like you are right, Merle, it's fantastic. The way the show is done, commendable to Netflix, because I think it was it was incredible. Like when she says edge of her seat, like I actually got scared after fin- I finished watching it. And I was like, oh, I don't really want to go upstairs in my own house by myself. Like I, I was at that level of like a terrified, you know, when you watch a really scary movie and you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't think like my house actually might be haunted. It was like edge of the seat like it was well done the sequence was absolutely impeccable the storytelling was fantastic and one of the biggest issues most of the time when we do these reviews we're like the actors were great the storyline was horrible no the story was fantastic but i mean to be completely fair the real life story is just as insane so i guess (laughs) it's a documentary it's built on a lot of archival material Mm -hmm. it is built on real notes it's built on real diaries kept by these people so you know um nobody can say oh this was this wasn't what happened it happened and there literally was a really credible documentary out of it they have and uh, it's it's worth a watch it uh, tells you there's there's a lot to say about mental health here there's a lot to say about the entire psychosis that's the word that Lalit had it was he he was he was psychotic and it is his psychosis that led to this tragedy um and and you know this entire thing that you know he thought this entire patriarchal thing where the father said do this and everybody had to do that nobody should have any other thought about what the father wanted you to do but um but then he also invoked a big religious angle into this entire the way he was running the family and uh, definitely i think in my in my assessment lalit was mentally disturbed what do you think i want the, i actually think he's schizophrenic personally i thought that was like the side of him that was coming out because i think they say like i think the typical idea of schizophrenia is that they're like oh this person has multiple personalities but that's not necessarily true right like sometimes you can just be hallucinating and and mentally having this idea that like other other beings exist or like other personalities exist and they don't have to be like other personalities you take on they just they're just like mental figments of your imagination so I personally think that that is exactly what he had actually including like uh everything you have said Merle doesn't that seem that doesn't that seem like the accurate 
If you're, you're right, it comes to think of it. Come to think of it, yes, that could be one of the conditions. Definitely mm -hmm. psychotic, but a little schizophrenic as well. But um, but but the whole scary part of that was in the face of it, they were just a normal family. So you really don't know what's going on in people's lives on the surface. You mm -hmm. even the neighbors couldn't imagine that they were they were a cult. Yeah, Literally, and right? I also wondered why like i guess you know when you have your rose colored glasses on you can't see the world but the family just went with it they were just like this kid is seeing you know like visions and like he you know he's the next great whatever and they just believed him nobody thought to ask questions nobody and that's the patriarchy nobody. right that's that's not only patriarchy but also this entire notion in indian families where Ye family ki baat hai, ye family mein you, know, you keep whatever mm -hmm. belongs to the family in the family. You don't talk about it. You, it's a family secret. It gets passed on from the insiders of the family to the inside. I mean, it's so ridiculous. That entire thing is so ridiculous. But yes, it exists. That entire Indian notion of family secrets, right? Right. And uh, and uh, it's it's just scary. Uh, I think I think um, what I also liked about uh, the story was that finally people are telling stories about India like this. They wouldn't. Right. They, this is the first time this is happening, right? There were movies being made, but the movies have to be fictionized. Movies have mm -hmm. to be dramatized. Movies can never be clear depictions. And this documentary was literally built upon hard facts and archival footage and notes and and those diaries. My God. Right. And the crazy thing about the whole mental health um, angle of it, Merle, is you're right. I haven't, I cannot tell you the last time where I'd seen like a, maybe not even documentary, like a, a actual good piece of like feature film or like serial work that, or episodic work that has shown like what real life mental illnesses are like sometimes like the extreme end of it not the everyday like yes i'm battling with my general anxiety disorder like the people who are absolutely like batch it off the spectrum like i cannot remember the last time one of those kinds of stories came around and were real too on top of it yeah a lot of people could not believe this to be real because you know hey how how does this exist but it does mm -hmm. and you know i had just like you i had a couple of sleepless nights myself and you know I mean, like there's this just that main scene of those 11 people that was it's such a good show though i would recommend this eight out of ten what about you em what would you say totally i agree with you eight out of ten I don't know why we're not giving it the rest of the two. I think why I didn't give it the rest of the two was because um, I, I think they could have asked better questions. Mm -hmm. You know, of course, there is the mental health thing. There is the psychosis or the schizophrenia thing. Uh, but uh, the patriarchy side of it, the, which was legitimized by the religious angle, and they steered clear of that. But they was too scared yeah. to go go there, right? And so the two points that we we're not giving it is because they should have gone there. They should have been. They should have gone that day. Visit that, right? Because that's I the truth. It's a documentary, right? One hundred percent. I I think that they definitely dug, but they did not dig deep to the point where they were like questioning societal constructs, where they were questioning religious beliefs. Like we, I wanted them to just. I think they felt like if they went that 
far, they would off-put a bit of their audience and thus they didn't do it. But I think that's bad storytelling to focus on like what your audience wants and to cater your story around that rather than making your story 100% authentic, authentically what it should be, which is why I wouldn't give it those two points either. Hi, this is Mahesh Bhupati and you're listening to me on Desis.Live. They see the live Shriya and I, which is your Shiral, <laughs> a ship name. We're back again, and we're going to talk about the little things, which is a season four streaming on Netflix. What do you yeah. feel, babe? What happened so here? So I did not watch all of the other seasons for me to fully understand the ending of season four, or fully understand. I think season four is like where they wrap up the story of Kavya and Dhruv. And it's finally like the little bow on all of it. Although I did not know what exactly happened in season three to give you guys a full understanding of season four. But I will tell you that I thought it was cute. I think it's like the story of these two and like they're on this trip to like they're traveling through Kerala. And if I'm not wrong, and they are basically like taking a bunch of detours and, you know, they are kind of like, I want to say it's a little bit of like slice of life kind of story mixed with like a, a relationship has you know how it has evolved kind of story mixed with like a little bit of my life their life kind of story so it's uh take a bollywood and put it into a serial and then that's like that, that mashup but with like a heavy emphasis on romance and i want to say while i did not particularly care for how privilege the romantic relationship was in the story i don't think it deserved the hype like there were so many predictable moments even though i haven't seen the rest of the seasons where i was like mm, okay yeah like this tell me tell me, tell me why you said that give me give, because, me give me the reason why i said that so i think they're like it's like basically like they all I remember is that these two start off, or, you know, they're in this long distance relationship and they just conveniently like, you know, they like leave off at some point and they pick up again. Right. So they come back to the story and they're just like, oh, yeah, OK, like, let's happily ever after. Like, you know, we have a few arguments here and there, but like we're just going to pick everything right back up. And I'm I'm like, OK, well hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's talk about the fact that, you know, you guys have this, like, I think I heard that they have a Bangalore and Mumbai long distance relationship in like the previous season. And they apparently came to like, you know, have like their differences with one, what it takes to have like two families agree in a relationship. A second would be like how to deal with a long distance relationship in this day and age. And so they were, I think like the main concept of like, what I thought was problematic is that they just picked up the season, never finishing a lot of the turmoil that they had in the last seasons. Now, to be fair, I'm not exactly sure what they did had in the last seasons, but I think that's a little happy go lucky. And it kind of reminded me of like Netflix's kissing booth where, you know, the two main characters leave off right before they surprisingly go off to college and then they come back and they're like automatically in love again. I'm like, that's not really how life works. Like you can't just go away for a while and come back to each other and be like, ah, you know, I, I sense love all over again. Even Where is that love, movies. by the way? I don't, I don't buy that thing. You know, and there's this other serial we're reviewing and the guy's been in love with that woman for 26 years, unrequited love. How do you be in love for 26 years and the other person doesn't love you back? How? Right. 
How do you wait for people for 26 years? What series is that? Uh, There's a serial called Anupama on Hulu. I told you, you know, that hot guy came back. Oh my gosh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, you, you, you were just texting me, I told you I'm watching that hot guy, Gaurav Khanna, who was playing Anuj, Anuj Kapari. And how does, how does anybody create characters like that, you know, who's in love mm-hmm. with somebody? Yeah, everybody wants that character in your life and probably that's why we long for that stuff. But this whole notion of unrequited love for 26 years where you can't see anything but that person i don't i don't get it i don't get I how don't you either. how you create the character arc of that person i mean if oh, i had to write this character like i wouldn't know what to write in the second <sighs> year of that life guy story you're 1000 percent correct it's also like that story of janu the I don't know if that's a Telugu movie or like a Hindi movie about the guy who falls in love with this girl when they're like 13 and then he moves away. But because they're 13, they don't have like cell phone numbers or any way to contact each other. So he up and leaves. He transfers schools because his father's in some debt or something. And then they see each other like years and years later after this girl has everybody in their graduating class is married with kids. And he's the only person who's not married and does not have kids. That comes is back exactly and he's like, I'm so in love with her. That's exactly the story that I don't know how to write. You know what I mean? Even as a writer, right. how do I justify the character arc of this person? Because like he, he's apparently great at everything else. He's like, good job. Yeah. You know, he's happy, he's but he really never gets nice married. Guy. And he's like, perfect. He's like, you know, marry me now material. But he's in love with that woman for 26 years. I'm 26 really years, yeah. Yeah, exactly what you were saying about about this as well. If I've had a fight with somebody, I'll keep the grudge. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the love. I work the grudge right? out, and that's human, right? Right. And in this story, so in Little Things, Kavya is apparently diagnosed with something in season two. They give a little bit of a flashback to it. They don't necessarily tell me what exactly it is, but she has this diagnosis in season two and they basically tell her, um, they're like, this might kind of change your life because she has some kind of chronic back issue. And she convinces herself along with Dhruv. She's like, you know what? Surgery is just going to quickly fix all of the issues that not only this medical condition has caused me up until now but anything that could cause later in our potential relationship together she's like one surgery and it'll be all gone and it'll be done everything will be perfect and then they basically like the doctor is the one who's like hold on whoa 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 whoa, slow down that's not how life works like you have a serious problem you know that you know you you will get surgery for it but like you need to be ready to deal with the aftermath of that for the rest of your life and your partner needs to be ready to deal with it and then come season four they so they've already talked about this apparently in the previous seasons come season four they like magically forget about it i'm like why y'all why y'all forgetting did you you change your writer (laughs) the right spot (laughs) forgot to watch the other seasons So, I mean, but the crazy thing is they're worried that she will be in complete bed rest after the surgery because they're like, they don't know how it's going to turn out. Um, And then they're just like, wow, there's no more problems between us. We're really worrying about, you know, just like we're picking up on our love that we initially had, forgetting like all the turmoil that happened in between. Like, you had seasons of issues that you were forgetting. I would be so uncomfortable with that relationship because I wouldn't know when it blew my face. You know what I mean? (laughs) Because we haven't really worked it out, right? Yeah. She has mantras that are like, let's go with the flow. Let's take it easy. And I'm like, 
but they're planning the next phase of their life and with this relationship, like in the season, they're essentially like, what is going to come for us next? And they're like, let's just take it easy, go with the flow. Okay, so how are you <laughs> how are you gonna make that happen? You All see right. what I'm saying? Yeah. I think they I think they don't. So season four, um, again, I cannot credit whatever issues happen in season two and season three that they don't wrap up, but I think they focus a little too much on the angle of like they they're like let's just go back to the initial phases of when we fell for each other and then let's revisit that and all of those feelings come flooding back but they are forgetting like all of like these are not just small arguments where they're like i don't feel like you make enough time for me it's like i might be chronically bed rest for the rest of my life and you're gonna have to deal with it because you know we're we're married and we're together we're in love and i'm like okay those are not small issues that you forget like you guys need to address it no matter how in love you are so i think season four does not do a good job of wrapping up the story of this relationship which is the main focal point of the season and the story in general so i don't think it was made for the sake of like finishing the story for the story's sake I think it was the concept of like tying a bow on it and making it like real nice and shiny for the audience to walk away from it perfect and well, what do you what do you what do you how do you score it maybe like a six at best I would say you know if you've watched other seasons wrap it up finish your season four if you haven't watched the others and you're like wow season four is out no need, no need to, no need. I'm so, I've kind of like spoiled the ending a little bit for you guys, but like no need to really see it. There isn't anything that will add to the story in season four that wasn't like a really good part of season two or three. Namaste everybody. Hello, this is comedian Rajiv Sabyal and you are listening to me on Live. This is a live back. Shiral is back again, and we're going to review the next movie on our docket today, and that is Tapsi Panu's Rashmi Rocket. Rocket. Tell us how do you how do you like it? So I don't know because I sadly did not get to watch Rashmi Rocket because it doesn't have subtitles. Z has subtitles, babe. Wait, it doesn't have subtitles. It was the pre-screener that didn't have subtitles, but the movie is on Z and that has subtitles. Now I'm sad. I have to watch it. All right. It's made social media If you haven't watched it like Shreya thinks she didn't have subtitles to watch it, it is there. The only only, uh, platform that does not have subtitles right now is Hulu. Disney, all right. Z has subtitles. Every other platform has amazing subtitles. And Rashmi Rocket in the pre-screener that Z had given us did not have subtitles, but in the version on a Z5 platform does have subtitles. So do not, um, do not miss watching this. You know why? Because I loved the movie. I loved it because it's a story of a small town girl. She's from Bhuj. She's extremely athletic. And uh, she lives in that small town where her mother is the head of a community and her mother is a really strong lady. And, you know, because Buj is a is also a border town and there, there's, it's an, also an army base. A lot of army officers keep coming and going. And she's friendly with a doctor in the army and she spends time over there 
you know, with with those people. And she meets a new officer called Gagan, who spots her talent because she runs really well. And then he mentors her. He takes her to 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 test for the nationals, and she gets included in the nationals team. And then comes in all the politics of the sports administration um, of the nationals team. And there's a guy over there whose daughter is also a runner. And Tapsi defeats that girl with three uh, medals um, at the Asian Champion Championships. Because of which, uh, Tapsi's role is, her name is Rashmi Veera. And Rashmi Veera defeats it and she's a top, top, notch athlete and as she returns back to the base after winning those medals she's taken for uh, tests gender tests and these gender tests come out basically her testosterone levels are are high so they leak it to the media this guy leaks it to the media and um the media calls her unfeminine. They call her a mart instead. They they start questioning her her femininity because of a very unscientific testosterone test, um, which was done very weirdly on her. But then I realized I started reading about it. I realized that governing bodies of sports tenaciously try to determine who's a woman and who's not. And these are sports associations like IAAF, the Indian, and the International Olympic Association, even now, International Olympic Committee. And these very influential organizations have spent years vigorously policing gender boundaries. The rationale for decades, decades was a catch male athletes masquerading as women, even though they never once discovered an imposter so what they now do is if a woman has higher testosterone levels, which could be because of any other reason, it could be because of because of PCOS, it could be because you were hirsewood, it could be any reason. Women do have high testosterone levels, as scientifically proven women do, do have it. But the sports associations, these sports associations, including the International Olympic Committee, call disqualify these women. So uh, that's what happens with Rashmi Vira. It is inspired by another story of Duti Chandra. Chand, Duti Chandra, I think that was her name, and she was mm-hmm. um, she was a top-notch athlete who won a lot of medals for India. And this is exactly what happened with her as well. But of course, they dramatized it. They've called it an inspiration, but they haven't really followed the entire story. I thought it was a beautiful story to tell. It was a story of character. It was a story very well directed. It was amazingly tight direction. The actors were perfect. You know, when you looked at Tapsi running, you knew you knew she was an athlete. It wasn't you. You you didn't you didn't think she was an actor trying to be an athlete. You saw that she was an athlete. You sh- saw those muscles. You saw the way she was running, the technique, the way she took took um to, took to the track. Everything was like you're watching an a- a- athlete run. So she was phenomenal. But who was also phenomenal was the was uh, was the character of Gagan uh, Priyanshu. I'm, I keep forgetting. I even asked him when we interviewed him what his last name was like three times. Sorry. But Pain Pain His name is Priyanshu Pain Yuli and Abhishek Banerjee, the three pivotal actors. And of course, Supriya, um, 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 what's the actress? Supriya uh, Patak. 
And veteran actor Supriya Pilgonkar, Shweta Tripathi Sharma, Varun Badola, there's Mantra, I love that actor Mantra. So all of these people, amazing cast, the director Akash, Akash Kurana has done a phenomenal job of directing this movie about just this ridiculous gender discrimination that happens with female athletes even today. And that's insane. So what would you rate the story, Mo? I I would rate it an 8 on 10. And the reason why I would rate it 8 or 9 on 10 is because they didn't have to put that song in there. I really didn't like <laughs> that. <laughs> Guys, she gave it two points off because they put a song. Remember? No, no, the song doesn't fit into the rest of the story. It just broke the entire momentum of the story. I know it's, in, it's an Indian movie. It's a Bollywood movie and you need to put songs in. Put it at the end. We will watch it. We promise we love the song. But the fact that you put it in the middle, it completely, completely kind of took away the sense of the, the, the tension in the movie that we were feeling, I was feeling for the woman. I, it was a total binge for me as I'm watching it the moment the pre-screener came because I've been waiting, waiting for this movie to come. And the moment Z sent us the pre-screener, I watched it and I was like, literally, I couldn't, I couldn't breathe because, you know, anytime you see a woman getting discriminated against, you feel it, right? You feel, right. You feel the injustice. You feel... You feel it in your blood. And I really felt that the director was really successful in helping me feel it. I felt the character. I love it. And love so it. this is a story I highly recommend. This is a movie I highly, highly, highly recommend. Um, if um, if you want to watch this, it's streaming on Z5 USA, which is an, which is a service that's just been uh, just been launched in America. Please go watch it on Z5 app. Rashmi Rocket, starring Tapsi Panu, Priyanshu Penyuli, and Abhishek Banerjee. Hi guys, this is Priyanshu Penyuli, and you're watching me on Daisies.live. And our film is coming out called Rashmi Rocket. It's an inspiring, beautiful uh, story about a girl, about gender testing. You have Tapsi running, you have Abhishek shouting in the court. <laughs> uh, you have uh, me with a mustache playing an army guy. You have, you have, part of, you have lots of drama, lots of chemistry, lots of love, and a very inspiring story. Uh, so please watch it on October 15th uh, at Z5 app. Please download, subscribe, and watch it. And uh, we need all your love. Yeah. This is Real Live. We are back with more reviews. We have a very long list of reviews this day. This is Shreya and this is Miral. And what are we going to go review next? Sanak. It's streaming on Hulu, by the way. By the way, before we start reviewing it, I have to tell you. It was supposed to drop midnight of October 15th. Mm -hmm. And Hulu forgot all about it till we tweeted <laughs> to remind them. And it was like... More than half of the day gone till we, we just didn't have it. And Hulu does this the entire time. And I keep reminding them that they have to make sure that the Hotstar subscribers need their content. And they completely forget about the Hotstar subscribers every damn time. But yeah, Senak, let's go, girl. Did you watch it? I did, but I guess shout out to Hulu for ruining our day. <laughs> You did? What happened? I did. So it's a story of like a couple, <coughs> Yvonne and Anshika. And it's pretty easy to summarize, actually. So Anshika is essentially... It's like, this it's like India's slivest... What is a guy's name? Girl, what was that? What, what was coming out? Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> I, 
because you call him Sly. So in my head, I'm like Sly, 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 Sly. What's his real name? <laughs> I'm gonna mean that for everyone watching. I'm gonna like take that clip of her slices. I feel like when your crush walks in the room and asks you a question, it's just her stuttering over the same word. <laughs> yeah, so he's like Indian Stallone and yeah. uh, Vidyut Jamwal. What a body! But Ooh, tell us more, girl. True. What do you feel? Yeah, he was he was fantastic iconic i think he improved so much I, he was in some web series i heard earlier and i watched the trailer for that and i was like hmm that was kind of okay and then like, like let me start actual- that conversation <laughs> yeah i was like okay maybe that's for like another day when i'm bored <laughs> out of my mind <laughs> but this time this time this man comes around he looks nice and buff like he you could probably push him off of a three-story building and he would survive like he's packed he's packed he's ready he's ripped and he has his wife Anshika and she's being treated at the hospital everything's fine and dandy suddenly there's a terrorist attack and there's a terrorist attack on this hospital by some dude who's like doing it for personal gain for whatever reason um I don't want to give too much of it away but Vivan is a MMA trained fighter so he's like i'm gonna save my wife but in that he's also like i'm gonna save all the staff in the hospital and the story is like following that one scene like will he get all of them out like will he save them how will he save them why are they terrorizing this hospital like what is what are they gaining from it so that's essentially what you get out of the story and let me tell you the main actor was fantastic like he carried that whole story whole movie. he carried the whole movie not only did he carry the whole movie so hey between you and i we've watched so many of these hospital hostage situation movies it was very mm-hmm. the story was very predictable but what was yeah, different 100%. here was the action sequences were like oh my god this guy packs a punch it really looks as if he can do it he and it. i absolutely loved the quality of action sequences I will agree with you because I normally don't like action movies, but I think the effort that um, I'm not as sure if it's like directors, I don't know if it's directors, but like uh, the movie filmmakers, the effort that they go into training their cast these days is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Days and weeks of of, of workshops. It right. just doesn't happen overnight anymore. It's not like a movie started and the actors turning up that day. The actors already getting into the skin of the role many days before the shooting starts. So a lot right. of effort goes into all of that. And um, you can see the effort from Vidya Jamwal. He is just... He's killing it. It's it reminds me of Shang Chi actually, the Marvel movie that hit theaters. And when Simu Lu, I think that's how you say it, his last uh, name. Is it how you say it? Are you gonna, are you gonna make a meme out of me, and I'm not gonna make a meme out. Oh, of she's you? gonna make a meme out of me for saying saying his name wrong. I'm just gonna call him Simu for now. So Simu, <laughs> as if we're on a first name basis. <laughs> so Simu apparently dropped this not even apparently, I watched it myself, dropped the whole series of how he spent an entire year just learning fighting and training, yeah, for his role in Chang-Chi. And it seemed the same way. It's like Vidya, like, definitely spent a couple months getting ready for his role because everything from every angle looked so, so, so good. It was so Hollywoodish in parts. Yes. I mean, if it wasn't for the language, this could have been a Hollywood, it could be script out of a Hollywood um hospitals hostage crisis movie right 
Hollywood hospital hostage crisis. I want y'all to say that three times fast. Send us your tongue twisters and we'll repost them. But but absolutely. So so the takeaway from the movie was with the jumbo is is a very credible action movie star and they should make more action movies with this guy in it because he's so credibly he, he, he looks apart for for an action hero and i don't know anybody else who does yeah tiger tiger does tiger shroff does yeah but, but it through a thorough action movie and a very neatly done action movie. No drama right. in between, no side story. Of course, there was like, you know, one scene here, one scene there, but that doesn't take you off the track. And that's what I liked yeah. about it. Do this stuck to the, you know, if, if you if you remember when we reviewed Hospital Siege, my review was that they took us off track with the side stories because I would I have loved to continue with the siege story, the main story. Mm-hmm. But taking us off track into other subplots, they kind of diluted the entire intensity of the main plot. They didn't do it here at all. I mean, the intensity of the main plot remained pretty consistent throughout the story. And uh, I loved it. Me too. I think the only critique I would say is you're right. It was predictable. I knew what was going to happen in the end. You know, it's a very like hero saves the day kind of thing. And you're like, okay. Um, But given the fact that it focuses on just one small event and as Merle said, does not stray from it at all. No side life stories, nothing aside from like action packed moment of just like the intensity and emotions of that specific event. I thought it was beautifully done. Very well done. Very well done. And also because they packed it in such a way that they finish every, everything else before that action starts. And once the action Mm -hmm. starts, there's no, no stopping. It's like right. a it's like a roller coaster ride, and you're literally into it because you want to know what does he do next? How does he get out of this? How does he do that? And you know how it's going to get out. You know, ultimately things are going to be okay, and the action here right. is going to take the take take the woman home. But it's so well tightly directed there, and the action sequences are so credible. So I had to give it to the director here that he did an excellent job out of this movie. I do as well. And I think here on Live, we don't take to stereotypical archetypal movies well because we're like, oh, we can predict the ending. Not really a good movie. Like we know what's going to happen. I mean, we just come after Bollywood romances like nobody's business on this show. We're like, oh, sin- been there, done that, seen that. But this one, you know, it's a great example of like doing something that you have already seen. But like that, the movie itself is so well made. You can't get mad at it. Totally, totally. And um, now that we've reviewed it, how, what do you give it? Mm, okay, that's kind of hard. I'm going to go with the middle number. I think maybe I'm, I will go with a 6.5. Not a full 7 because, again, it was kind of predictable. I would not entirely go out of my way to yeah, see it. Yeah, there's no creativity in the storytelling at all. Yeah. But no if you are a fan of... Well you, right, right. If you're a fan of videos, for sure, like, please watch. He's a phenomenal actor. And what I really also liked about this entire movie was there was no song and dance routine in the middle of the movie, but when only when the credit roll happened was there a dance. Hi guys, I'm Kriti Karbanda and you're listening to me on These Thieves Live. Download Z5 right now and watch out our period releasing on the 23rd of July. Can't wait to hear what you have to say, so do tag us on social media and tell us your feedback.
This is your life at 300 hour back. And uh, we hope you enjoyed the rest of the reviews that we did. That was a long list of reviews so far. We come to the last review today. And that is Sardar Udham Singh, which is streaming on Prime. Shreya, did you watch it? I did not. So this one's all you, Meral. All totally me. Well, I have to tell you something about Sardar Udham Singh. It is uh, it's a story of a revolutionary. And it is... Uh, the, the, you'll you'll read a lot of reviews about it, about it this being long, this being stressed, this being whatever. But if you look at this entire movie from a from a filmmaker's point of view, it is a, it is a brilliant movie to be made. Um, it it actually touches upon this entire, of course, it's story of this real guy called Udham Singh who was who's. Uh, who actually uh, killed General Dwyer, he went to England to kill him. Because in his head, the, the entire Jallianwala Bagh incident where a thousand people were killed uh, by the British in, in Punjab, um, it's it stuck in his head. So he takes 21 years to suffer through that agony in his head and then he goes down and shoots Michael O'Dwyer, who was the governor of Punjab, who had ordered uh, General Dyer to punish the peaceful protesters um, in a public event. So um, when when you when you actually go through the entire story, there are parts that are slow and drawn out, but it's a build up. And Shujit Sarkar, who is the director of the movie, his last movie I watched was uh, the Amitabh Bachchan movie. Um, uh, it, again, a brilliant portrayal of a revolutionary, his psyche, and he actually takes up the entire idea of dissent because a lot of people, a lot of people who want dissent now, will take this to be dissent to be a, a it, it's it, it's it's a it's a phenomena, right? It's it's also just an idea because you don't know how it, how actually. Uh, dissent works, and in 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 repressive hands, this entire idea of dissent, you can you can be a freedom fighter for some people, and you can be a murderer for others, right? Mm -hmm. So he has literally brilliantly showed the line of this entire conundrum. Um, I remember in India, there used to be the series called Kahange Volok on Doordarshan, which is a state-led television. And it would tell you about freedom fighters when we were growing up. It was, it was, um, it was uh, you know, it told you stories of these freedom fighters and it, it would question you in terms of, well, this was their dedication to us a country. Where are these people now? Who are these patriots? Was the whole uh, sense. And when you, when I watched this movie, I was, I was literally taken back to that entire question. Where are these patriots? Where are the people that would, that would lay their lives down for the country like this? Mm -hmm. uh, but of course, uh, here uh, he was sentenced to death, and, but his entire trial uh, raised really important questions about the distinction between a revolutionary and a terrorist, um, if murder was really a tool for protest. And um, and it really, his entire trial exposed what the empire had done to India, to the rest of the world, because it's such a public, uh, pu public trial. Mm -hmm. So um, this is contentious at, at, at parts. This is long drawn out at parts. But, oh my God, 
the director doesn't look at the past through tinted glasses and he doesn't have unqualified de devotion towards the entire idea of freedom fights. But he doesn't make a show out of it. He digs into the meaning of this revolutionary's actions. Um, so, you know, he, he actually, the revolutionary Udham Singh takes the name of Ram Muhammad Singh Azad. And that was a name he gave himself for the trial. And that statement in itself kind of was a was a statement against the divide and rule policy of the British. And, and, and just the conversations between Udham Singh and his British investigative officer and the superior, it is beautiful space. It is, the dialogues are, are pretty, they're so well-defined. Ritesh Shah has written amazing dialogues and you know, they're not monologues. In anything like mm -hmm. this, you'd expect monologues upon monologues. And these are not monologues. These are very realistic. They're youthful to those times. They're with the time. You know, you feel as if you walked into a period movie. You feel like you were watching The Crown or you're watching that kind of a production. Wow. Because this guy's idealistic and romantic all at the same time. The romanticism is not that there are women around. The romanticism is just the idealism of this guy. And... Vicky Kaushal. Oh my God. I really, I watched this movie and I just wanted to somehow hug the guy because what an actor. What an actor. And I just don't have anything else to say about this movie. I think this is a compulsory watch given the situation that the entire world is in right now. This movie is, is a lesson. It will teach you the difference between a revolutionary and a terrorist and the use of murder as a tool of protest. And honestly, uh, it's so beautifully directed. The actor is, the main actor, Rebecca Koshal, is so phenomenal that I don't know what to say. I tears in my eyes. Oh, well, that's exactly what we love to hear. We are ending it off with a 10 out of 10 recommendation, everybody. Loved 100%. it. If you really understand the movie, you understand the way the director's gone into the essence of the story and what he's tried to come out with the cinematography, the screenplay, the background score. It is so beautiful. I mean, when he's in Punjab, him coming out of fogs in the in the in the in the uh, in the fields. It's just so beautifully put together. There's this entire sequence when he's crossing over to England via, via Russia. I mean, so beautifully put together. Every frame is art. Every frame of this movie is art. This movie, hands down, must watch. This should become possible. We love it. We love it. We love With that, we come to the end of this show for today, uh, Shreya. And yes. Rob, we are signing yes. off and we'll see you next week with more and you know we know we're all getting prepared for Diwali and Karbachot Karbachot is next weekend and Diwali so guys uh, be careful enjoy yourself and mask up and do not spread the germs but uh, and the virus but have fun all the more because this is um, Diwali season in India and it will be Diwali season somewhere else but not here Right. <laughs> All right. Have fun. Enjoy your holiday season and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.